Welcome to the podcast, The Right Side of 40, with me, Caroline. And me, Eve. Eve and I are old friends in both senses of the word. We're definitely, (laughs) sorry, but we're definitely over the age of 40. (laughs) We've been working all of our adult lives and it's looking like we're going to be working into the foreseeable future, which is not a problem. We like work, we get a lot from work and we're surrounded by friends and women that we know who also enjoy their working lives. I think, though, after the age of 40, things change. Yeah. So why did we call it the right side of 40? Let's talk about that. Well, I mean, it's just such an old cliche, isn't it? The wrong side of 40. And I think, unfortunately, it is applied to women more than men. I think there's a sense of peaking and prime at 40 and things going downhill from there. What do you think, Eve? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, we've come to accept we are on the right side of 40 because it's just a different phase in your life. You see, the secret is that a lot of women feel more comfortable with themselves and their careers post 40. So really, this whole idea of the wrong side of 40, it just doesn't work anymore. Yeah, we have plenty to contribute. And I don't think it's helpful to any of us to think that it's a downward slide to retirement and our working life isn't going to be fulfilling or that that's what we have to look forward to. I think we can change that up. So that's what we're going to focus on in this podcast. We're going to look at all the really good things about work on this side of 40. We're going to be talking to women like ourselves, age 40s, 50s, 60s, maybe even 70s see what they've been doing, trying new things, carrying on with their careers, how their family life has affected this and what choices they have. I think, Eve, you've been doing some research into when we were looking to do this in other podcasts. Yeah, it was really interesting looking around to see what sort of resources are out there and podcasts and conversations that are happening with women over 40. And when I looked around, there wasn't a lot talking about work and life. It really focused on health and wellness and menopause. And those are all worthy topics. But talking about working and our family life and how that fits around work wasn't really something that I saw a lot of. And we really wanted to fill that gap to get that conversation started. Yeah, I mean, even I have had quite different careers. But one one of the reasons we decided to do this is we found ourselves at a similar age, even though we've reached it in very different paths, having the same conversations about work. Some of the same conversations we've been having together all our working lives and having some of the same issues. And we're sure that some of our sisters out there are having those same conversations as well. Yeah. And we face all kinds of things over 40. It's not its not a cakewalk. You know, we all know that too. We face ageism, we face sexism, or stalled careers, or self-confidence dips, you know, things like that. We want to make sure that we're covering the, the gamut of different ways that women are experiencing their working life post 40. I think what we're also going to acknowledge is there are very different phases in terms of what you're doing in your 40s, what you're doing in your 50s, what you're doing in your 60s. You know, full disclosure, we're in our early 50s. They're all they're all different stages in your life as well. Yeah, so that's a great point because it got me thinking about with experience comes mastery, confidence, you know, deeper knowledge, the potential that you can have greater impact in whatever your chosen work, going up the seniority ladder or whatever it is that you're interested in. Different options are open to us, you know, maybe the confidence to strike out on your own or set up a new business. And also there comes an ease 
for many women, not all women, but for many women, where they are maybe financially more stable than they were in, when they were younger in their career, or their children, if they, if they had a family, have left the nest and they have more free time to do what they want. Did you have some thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, I think in particular, your 40s are um, a time when you could have quite a lot of conflicting things going on in your life. I mean, I, in my 40s, I had friends who had babies and who had adult children. You know, they can be caring for relatives. They can be in a very senior role or in a job, or they might have decided to completely retrain and do something new. So there are there are so many conflicting things, aren't there? But I think one of the things we see across it all is that we come at it at a different part of our life where we're much more ourselves. And we're going to be talking to a lot of really interesting women who've got to a point in their lives where they've said, actually, I'm going to try something new. I'm going to, this is where I am and this is the sort of thing I want to do. We want to focus on the good things though, don't we? Okay, so you might be thinking, well, who are these two to talk about this subject? And we're going to be interviewing lots of interesting women, but we did think we might start by interviewing each other to give you an idea of where we've been since we turned 40 in the workforce and how we have felt about it. We're going to fire a few questions at each other. I don't know about you, Eve, but I'm nervous. Go on, ask me a question. Oh, okay. What are you going to do when you grow up? <laughs> That was the question I always hated as a child because, you know, the obvious answer is, you know, who says I'm grown up now? <laughs> Certainly not me. Yeah. And, and I, I do think the interesting sort of assumption under that question is that you have to have a plan and that you can't just figure it out as you go along. Because the reality is, is you can figure it out as you go along and having a loose plan is okay. And I had a loose plan. And my original thought was I was going to be a journalist. I realized that through university that I was not going to be a journalist. So did you study journalism? I did. Okay. And what was your first proper job? I'm putting proper in quotation marks. I'm taking out cycle courier, sandwich maker. <laughs> the first job that you thought was your step into yeah. having a career. So way back in the way back time in Montreal, my first proper job. Oh, has anyone noticed that Eve's Canadian? <laughs> yes, I am. So my first proper job, and it's interesting because the perception I had as a proper job was an office job, whereas there's lots of different kinds of jobs you can have. But for me, that was my first proper job was working for Reader's Digest. I worked in the production department and I was the PA to the boss, which didn't work out because I'm not a good PA. <laughs> but I was good at production and it was a happy accident that I was good at organizing things and project management and that was really where I got my first foot on the ladder of doing professional project management. So which job would you say and how old were you when you got it when you felt that you were sort of taking those steps towards the career you thought you might have? Yeah it's an interesting way to have to think about that because I never really thought of a direct line in a career. I didn't think I would do this job and then that would get me that job and then I would move on to that job. And I was always jealous of people who were like accountants or, you know. Uh, hang on, you, that, that's something I've <laughs> not heard often said, jealous of accountants. You know what, I always used to think, no offense to the accountants out there, God, I'd never want to be an accountant. What a boring job. 
and I agree now I envy them they have purpose they're well paid clarity clarity yeah I'd love that kind yeah. of clarity in my life so yes yeah, so I've sort of made it up as I've gone along and it it's kind of worked out okay so let's look at your your last sort of big job before you kind of changed career a bit you were operations director for Getty Images I was lucky enough to have a long career at Getty Images how long I was there for 17 years 17 years you're like my best friend and I didn't even <laughs> it's a long time that's that's a long time but that's great so yeah. how did it start well interestingly I was just going to say is that I think in the future people like us who stay in a, a single company for a very long time are become becoming more and more unusual. So it started in, in 2000. And so I worked in the marketing studio, running the creative services. And then I also worked in the content operations side and moved around within the company in lots of different roles. I think that's how you stay in a company for a long time though, isn't it? I mean, it's not just about, it's not this old fashioned view of, joining a company and staying in the same job. You don't do that. If you work in a, a company where you have the opportunity to try different roles, it, it's a whole career in itself, isn't it? It is, and it's a lot of lateral moves, which some people look down on, and it depends on you know what your personal ambitions are. If you're very ambitious, upward movement is for you. Um, interested in experience, which is what I was more interested in, lateral moves are perfectly okay. And I, you know, I've ended up specializing in project management, integrations, and business process improvement, which is really interesting. And you get to deliver some good work and make people happy. I know you have said to me several times that the main thing that interests you is the product. Yeah, the outcome. The outcome, yeah. yeah. Definitely. So, since working at Getty, you've been working more in a kind of freelance capacity how have you found that have you do you think that suits you more in your later years or how have you found the transition from that kind of corporate style to doing it your own way it's been an interesting journey and i think many of our listeners uh, are going to find that they have a similar story in that uh, when I was much younger, I never felt able to go freelance and I never felt the financially that it, it just felt too risky. So going freelance and running my own little consultancy has been a really interesting transition. It hasn't been easy. Trying to find new clients is a, is a skill that I'm still trying to learn. And you're doing all right, dear. You've been doing some mentoring as well, haven't you? Yeah, and that's been really fulfilling, actually, helping and coaching people and training up the next generation, which has been great. Shall we see about your career, Caroline, and what you've been up to? Oh, dear. It's funny hearing you say about you not having a plan, because when I look back at my sort of early career and how I got going, I can see I was very suggestible to other people. Can you think of an it. example? Okay, so <laughs> this is a good example of what probably wouldn't happen now in a careers interview at school. And, um, but I was in a small northern town in the 1980s. So I had a careers interview and the careers officer asked me, what did I want to do? And I said, I wanted to be an actress. And she said, well, that's not very likely, is it? <laughs> 
oh, careers advisors <laughs> in the 80s. And, I, and this ought to be one of these stories where I said I went away and I, I wouldn't take... I wouldn't take that kind of advice and I went to drama school and, you know, I've, I've appeared at the stage at Stratford many times and I've done a lot of movies. No, I just went, oh, oh, okay then. And that was it. Yeah. So that's where I started. I wanted to be an actress. Somebody said, that's not very likely. And I accepted their opinion. Mm. And this is an interesting difference between us. We had to do a survey at our school and the survey would give us the answer as to what our ideal job was. And I kept getting the wrong answer. So I kept changing the survey <laughs> until I got journalist. <laughs> and they went, look, this is what I should be. That is perfect. Yeah. So what did they say you should do? Oh, I can't even remember. It was probably just too boring. Yeah. But um, I was going to be a lawyer and then changed my mind at the last minute, went off to university to do English literature. And I think when I left uh, university, you know, I, I just wanted to do something a bit arty. I was living in London. I was performing in my spare time in a comedy group. But, you know, you have to pay the rent. You have to find a job. And I actually went to an agency and a very nice woman looked me up and down and said, you know what? I think you would do really well in publishing. And I did get a job in publishing. And I worked as a product manager in publishing. Started creating books and designing, worked in product development. And then uh, some viewers won't understand the thing I'm going to say, say next. But then the internet came along. And the idea of websites and digital media and you know which was all quite new at the time and because I was working in product development I got involved in that um, then I got a job in interactive tv and I worked for sky and uh, I managed big product teams and did that for a while and then hmm, my early 30s I decided to become a freelance consultant and I used to give that the sort of same kind of project management or product program guidance to um, as a freelancer basically and I worked for a lot of government departments particularly the Department of Education on various projects. Yeah. Did you find that a hard transition to go from a more corporate very fast-paced environment somewhere like Sky at the forefront of online services to working for yourself freelance? Yes and no. I was really lucky enough to get involved with a small group of people who were got contracts to um, digitise government services. So there, were, there was a lot of work going on around this. And it was taking all of that expertise that we'd learned in the private sector and putting it into public services. So sort of yes and no really. I mean it was a it was a transition going from, you know, a normal sort of nine to five job to working as a in a freelance job. I mean really what I found was you did all your work in a, a space of time, worked twenty four hours and then would have a three week break between projects. But um Yeah. Yeah. So I did that for quite a long time. But you also took time out to raise a family. So what I found with the freelance work is it did give me the flexibility 
to sort of bend the career around being, you know, pretty much the primary carer for my children. It was a juggle, but that's what I did for many years. And I think that's when it stopped being about career progression and more about flexibility. Yeah, so your priorities changed. Yes, definitely. So a lot of my choices were guided by that. Yeah. So how about now? You, you're in a different phase of life. You know, the kids are growing up. What phase of your career do you think you're in now? I did get to a point where I wanted to do something different. So I've been working around libraries, heritage and culture, which has been a transition for me. But I feel like I'm using the same skills that I had all of those years, but I'm just applying it to, very luckily, areas that I have a lot of interested in. So, Caroline, it's great to hear about all the different things you've done in your professional life. However, what we haven't talked about is something really important that you tackled since turning 40, which is writing a novel. I have written a novel and published it. And yeah, that was a huge challenge. And it, do you know what? It was just something that I'd always wanted to do. And finally, 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 in my late 40s, I said to myself, you know, if you're not going to do it now, when are you going to do it? And I, I think I had to put aside all those kind of ambitions about being an author and just get down to what do I need to do to make this happen? And that was put some words on a page and actually finish something. And Which, I did it. It's an amazing achievement because, as you say, you've done it for itself. And it's, yes. it is quite incredible. So tell us a bit about the novel. What's it called? It's called Skin. It's about um, a young girl, a young teenager who is on a family holiday, um, who decides that she's going to get that first kiss with a boy who she's known all her life a fellow family friend really the story is it's about her but it's more about the family the family dynamics changing as the children grow up um, and there are also some shadows of ill health across the family and things going on so um, I've had some lovely reviews it's a great book Aww. available on Amazon <laughs> there'll be a link <laughs> there'll be a link and there'll be a link but yeah it's just it's something that I always wanted to achieve I've been writing all my life and I've actually done it done it which is pretty amazing so it is amazing yeah it's it's kind of I'd like to think of it as you know another career and I will keep writing but who knows but yeah. yeah, and it's important to recognize that we are multifaceted and our life and our career is intertwined and achievements can come from different places and we need to celebrate them. Yeah, you don't have to do one thing, I think is what we're saying. Exactly, yeah, and you don't have to have a plan either. <laughs> well, that's lucky. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> I think, I don't know about you, Eve, but the other thing that I've achieved um, post-40 is uh, producing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Well, oh, what are the chances? What are the chances? Yeah. Okay, so, so probably enough from us. And you know us a little bit better. <laughs> and you'll know you'll get to know us lots more as we <laughs> make other episodes and meet other guests and Yeah. So we've been we've talked about some issues. We've got some special episodes touching on redundancy, which has happened to many of us, many of our friends and what that leads to um we're going to be talking about life after covid and yeah. the changes brought by 
uh, hybrid working and retraining and new careers changing careers later in life yeah and also you know some other just fun stuff about things like wild swimming is it good for health and work and productivity and a whole host of different kinds of topics touching on work and life post 40. thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode if you did let us know about it we also want to hear what you've been up to since turning 40. Get in touch on our website, rightsideof40pod.com. And don't forget, follow us on Twitter at RightSide40 or Instagram at RightSideOf40Pod. All content is arranged by Eve and Caroline. And a big thank you to Terry and V. Neal for writing, performing and mixing the original music.